Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Need to Nerd podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and I am joined by my co-host, a man who just agreed to play a fifth tabletop RPG, <laughs> West Singleton. I mean... How many campaigns can you be in at once? How many? How much free time do I have? <laughs> uh, you know, I was... I was scouring the internet for uh, inter- for nerd facts today, West. But instead oh, of giving shoot, you, a we nerd... forgot about a bit for a long time. I yeah, know I this bit. I know it's it's been a while. I I just forgot. I forgot. But I was thinking about it today, and then instead of giving you a nerd fact, I just want to give you like a little tidbit of something. Uh, so I wanted to buy both of my parents uh, what we owe to each other, and then read it with them and discuss it with them for mm. for their Christmas presents. Because, you know, I think that both of my parents would really appreciate, you know, me doing something like that with them. And also, I would appreciate what that would facilitate for us in our relationship. There are zero copies of what we would owe to each other. Just because of the good place. Entirely because of the good place. In Utah right now, you cannot buy that book. Is that mind-blowing to just me? Like, I mean, the fact that The Good Place is as old as it is and that's still the effect is pretty incredible. Yeah. But it's not It's not unknown for, like, a piece of, like, a book or a piece of art or, right, any, like, you know, pop, like, not quite known piece of media to get blown up by something way more popular than it and for it to become incredibly scarce as a result. Like, that's pretty common. It's got to just be the holidays, though, because, like, I know you can get it on Amazon. So the fact that it's just, so I called Barnes and I, I went to a Barnes and Noble. They didn't have it. And then they're like, well, let's look up and see which ones have it. And they're like, there is not a Barnes and Noble in this state that has this book. And then I called like two other bookstores and they're like, we have been sold out of this book for every time it comes in, it's like pre-ordered for a bunch of people. Like, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Which is crazy. I mean, when we talked about The Good Place and the numbers and the decline in the viewership, I think that what happened is season four hit Netflix when we did when we were started doing our review. And by the way, for listeners, we'll do our, our – I think season four is our last one. Maybe we have two left. Either way, uh, we, we will do those soon. Um, but I'm, I'm just impressed. I'm just like and, – and I think that's a good thing. I think that that show really – made people think yeah and also if it just gets them into understanding what we owe each other then i'm i think that show is a huge success Mm -hmm. yeah if you if you need cheaty to teach you some moral grounding then i'm okay with that yeah exactly i also my wife did start watching that show with me she just finished season one two nights ago so wait dev had not watched the good place yet she wouldn't watch it with me what I, and I sat down with her, I was like, this is my favorite TV show of all time, you have to watch That's it. That's what I was going to say, like, how on earth had it taken this long? But maybe it's because you're so on it about it. I We didn't talk about it. I've never talked to her about it. I She knows it's my favorite TV show. She watched the first episode and didn't like it. Yes. That's what I tell everybody. It's like, you might not like the first episode. You might not like it until episode eight. 
Well, speaking of TV shows where you might not like the first episode, do we want to jump into our topic and yeah, start so, with you, Spencer? Yeah, well, I, before we do, I just want to say this week we I was really struggling to find what to talk about. And we're going to do uh, a 2020 year-end review, uh, and it won't be 2020 style. Like, it's going to be a good podcast. Uh, at least I hope so. Maybe it will be. Maybe it will be 2020 style. <laughs> no promises. Yeah. Before we do that, don't forget to check out the Discord. It was popping off today about Popper. Um, you know. Oh, and, shoot. Let me go ignore the show right now to read what people have to say about Popper. Uh, well, I so Manny, uh, Manny, uh, co-host, uh, former co former host of Common Knowledge, wants me to play Popper with him. He wants to, you know, come over to my house and, and play with me, uh, and just kind of get back into Magic through Popper. He loves it a lot, and so I'm going to be buying paper Popper decks and and playing Magic the Gathering with him. I have several. Yeah, Spencer. I, I he also has several. I want to own popper decks. I, I, I yeah, you know, I, that's the reason you play popper is yeah. to own like enough popper decks that you could make a whole room play yeah, popper. Exactly, right. exactly. Um, and then also don't forget to share that he's a game media, uh, Patreon. Uh, it is the best way to support the show. I really appreciate the support that we've gotten. Um, through you know some of the people sharing the show the last couple of weeks. Um. It has been really cool, and it's greatly appreciated. I mean, if there's one thing you can do to support the show, just share it. If you're enjoying it, share it with somebody else. Let them know that you love it. That's the best way to support it. Um, and then if if you have the time and the energy uh, and the mon the monetary income to do so, Patreon is, is the other best way to do it. But the 2020 year-end review. 2020 sucked, but I think that, honestly, nerd stuff kept it going for me. Like... In a lot of ways. And it, 2020 was also a great year for me personally, Wes. I don't know if this was the case for you. To consume things that I hadn't had a chance to consume because life got so busy. And a lot of the things that I'll talk about for me today, Wes, were things that I I probably had on the back burner for a while. I, I mean, just, just a couple. Like, I, I completed Mass Effect this year. And it won't be my video game because I wanted to have a video game that came out in 2020. But Mass Effect 1 and 2, I played for the first time this year. Like, these are games that I've wanted to play for 10 years. And because 2020 happened, I got the chance to do it. So Sweet. Yeah. Let, let's start with TV shows. Um, the one that I am talking about did, in fact, come out... I think it was December nineteenth or December twentieth of twenty nineteen. It's a twenty twenty show. But as far as but it's I not think quite everyone consumed it in twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, and I actually started. I actually watched two of my favorite episodes again today as I was wrapping presents for my wife. I was like, oh, you know what? Sounds fun. Will I do this? I want to watch this. And I want to talk about The Witcher. Um. I posted my updated, uh, top ten list for my favorite tv shows of all time and i actually only put eight on it because two of them were in season one and the witcher is one of those two ah yeah spencer doesn't talk about television shows that aren't done yet i mean that's not tr true i think i actually put my hero on the list but uh man the witcher was something else for me uh it's especially funny because uh if I often like when I made my wife watch the show with me because I had I, I binge watched it, which is something I don't normally do. I loved it. And then I had my wife watch it with me and I actually just had said, we're not watching episode one. We're going to start with episode two. And she was like, what? I was like, just trust me. You will enjoy the show better this Probably way. The segue landed. 
I tried to initiate the segue way too early, but finally it landed. I like the uh, episode one of the show is really hard to consume when you get to episode two. And, you know, there there is actually just people all over the place that talk about The Witcher, like how you should watch it with new people that don't want to get entangled into the experience of The Witcher. But th this show was really good for me. Um, I actually stopped watching The Tiger King to watch this instead. Like, that's how good I'm this was. I'm proud of myself for not having watched The Tiger King. I oh, don't know if it'll make people upset, but I have not it. watched really it, and I have never once thought I was missing out. I don't know that you're missing out, other than the fact that the Carol Baskins killed her husband whacked him TikTok is, like, my favorite TikTok of 2020. Oh, Spencer, your your incentives are so different than mine because I want to do everything to not understand the children. Wait, you don't like memes? I don't understand. Just way too many kids I work with talk about Tiger King still and Carol Baskin stuff, and I don't actually want to understand them because if okay. it's being inappropriate, I don't want to know that. It's I don't, I don't not want to inappropriate, but she did kill her husband, allegedly, uh, I have to say, because, you know, I don't want to get sued. But she she killed him allegedly. She killed him allegedly. She definitely allegedly killed him. Just definitely allegedly. Uh, she she definitely allegedly killed him. Off ledge. <laughs> fed him to tigers. They snack him. Anyway, the the Witcher the Witcher came out in a really important time. I I uh, had a diagnosis change this year. Uh, and uh, I actually watched The Witcher. Right after that, I found right after I found out that my meds were killing my liver, and I had to go off of them or I was going to die. And so, the, you know, this was a really great. I know, me too. Uh, this was a really great distraction for me, as far as you know, un, just going into this story that I really loved. Um, I know people who have just gone full deep end this year on Witcher stuff. Oh, I read, I, I list, I bought three Witcher audiobooks. Like, um, I, I'm a couple hours into Witcher three. I bought it on my switch, even though I already owned it on Xbox. Like I, I that's just, that's, that's how the switch makes money. I, it's so frankly. true. I would much rather just play on my switch, but, but honestly, like, um, I don't know. It, it was, it was the best part of TV for me this year. I watched it three times all the way through um, twice by myself and once with my, once with my wife. And it, it was, it was really uh, appreciated for me during this hard year to have this very deep fantasy story being able to be consumed. Um, especially like game of Thrones had just ended. Star Wars had just ended. Like I needed this. <laughs> so what about you? What, what TV show, was the best part of 2020 for you? Oh, man. There's been some, right? Like, I'm a huge fan of this Digimon 2020 uh, reboot. But by far, the show that I was on the edge of my seat, I was giddy, giddy every day, every Wednesday, when it came around and the new episode dropped on Crunchyroll. I was, like, when I had a fr my friend who I also watched the show, we were like, it's Wednesday, it's Wednesday, it's happening! Like, every week, we were so excited. And that was... Uh, Tower of God, a Crunchyroll adaptation of the beloved webcomic from Webtoons, from Land Webtoon by uh, CU. Um, and this is your um, 
this is a story of like a, you know, your classic, there is the world is this tower and you climb up in levels and eventually you get to as high as anyone has gone and you have to submit basically to the ruler of it. But it's from the point of view of this individual who grew up just in some very like dark, unappreciated corner of this place and like had basically no friends but a single person and he follows that person like through a gate into this tower and just is caught up in all of the intrigue and fighting and learning to just survive and climb in this tower because he wants to pursue this one person and it's it's just stunning and the you know the webcomic is like you know, hundreds of chapters deep at this point, and the the season only covered the first fifty or so of those chapters. But is there a dub yet? Really, that I have no idea. Um, and you should watch it whether or not it's a dub, Spencer, because it's so I, freaking hey, good. I watch every single episode of My Hero subbed before I watch it dubbed. So I am not, and and I did the same thing with Dragon Ball Super. So I'm not opposed to watching things subbed i just prefer dub so i wanted to ask but seriously tower of god is just incredible i, I don't think i can explain it in a way that does it justice it's uh um the so, characters you already sold it for me like i probably will consume this content now my anime backlog is like really big though well uh you know this this move one it up, deserves move it up, move yeah, it, yeah yeah like i um like you know how it is like when you hear that like your favorite book is getting a movie or when you're uh just like having something that you love dearly get adapted into a new version of it particularly an animated television show is always just like such a meaningful experience to like go back and relive the ways in which you fell in love with it like there's a there's a certain plot twist that happens towards the end of the season and like getting to read the Crunchyroll comments of people who are just brand new getting exposed to this was so satisfying because it just can't help but make you feel this like, you know, deep-seated rage at one of the characters. And getting to relive that was really pleasant in a way sure. and getting to like see other people experience that. It was it was fantastic. You know, it you've now said two things that I want to touch on. Uh, the first is some a little bit of jealousy versus from between our TV shows. I really hated that all of Witcher came out at once. Um, yeah, it, it, that it was bingeable. Yeah, I mean that was incredible. The fact that I had to wait every week yeah. to watch my next episode I, meant that like when it came, I was like, okay, hook the laptop up to the TV. We're making this an experience. Let's go. Yeah, and and I know that people love binge watching TV shows, but I, uh, what you just said. Like, that is something I love about The Mandalorian for Star Wars, is every week, or not yeah. not every week, eight weeks of the year, uh, you know, I get to, you know, be excited about seeing something. And the same thing with, like, My Hero Academia. I'm excited right for Fridays, right? Like... <laughs> no, I, I think that, like, I'm jealous of that because, you know... I, I make Devonair do that when we watch TV shows, and she absolutely like we did this with with Brotherhood. Uh, we when we watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is one of the things that I did. I think it was either this year, or, yeah, I think it was this year. Man, twenty twenty so long and so short at the same time. But like we would watch one episode of Brotherhood, which is only twenty minutes, and I would be like, "Okay, we have to stop," and she'd be like, "No," 
Like we can watch I, the. I can't s- imagine having that much fortitude. I can only do it when forced. I yeah, she is the I'm same so way. I'm so excited would... to watch my episode of One Piece every week. Dude, I'm she so watched. Excited. She watched like all of Grey's Anatomy this year again, which is really impressive to me, because that's literally the longest running TV show of all time. I did the West Wing again this year. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but but I want that for. I wanted that for The Witcher. I probably will do that with season two of The Witcher. Um, because I'm so jealous of what the experience you just you just said. Anyway, the the second thing that I wanted to bring up is so you consumed this in the webcomic form first. Yes. So how did it how did it relate? Like how how did you love the anime as much? Like t- tell me about that. So, I like to separate them for what it's Yeah, worth. so the first thing you need to understand about line webtoon as its style is it's a uh it's a vertical read. Instead of having pages that you flip in a chapter, it's the entire comic, the entire chapter is one long scroll. And you just go down and instead and frame transitions usually have like a bit of text or whatever between each of them as you're going. It's like designed to be looked at on your phone. I was going to say, like, on my iPad, that would work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the art is just stunning, right? Like, um, even early on when is really, you know, getting his feet as an artist, like, it's still just incredible. And, like, the the pacing is really interesting because, like, the, you know, one of the things we love about comics, right, is that, like, you know, a fight can be three frames or whatever, or it can be really long. And, like, you know, um, it, it gets to be as long as the storyteller wants it to be. Um. And it just feels like for so long, we just knew nothing, nothing about this world. And we're getting it only in bits and pieces, just a little bit at a time. And everything we learn is just absolutely great. And then all of a sudden, a princess kicks you in the forehead. (laughs) Like bicycle kick, like greets you by kicking you in the forehead. And it's a theme throughout the entire thing. And like, you're just captivated after that. It's so incredible. That's awesome, Um, man. I, so but like it, the, how it relates comic to anime is like it was just really fun getting to see these characters that I only knew in this like uh, you know static form how they appeared in you know individual pieces of art to see them move and talk and really relate to each other in that way is really fun because you get like all these you know chippy bits of dialogue in an anime that you can never really get in a comic because things are moving too fast and you get um you know just these lovely pans and like the fight scenes are you know gorgeously animated and fantastic choreography it is just such a meaningful experience and like i i still listen to the themes for it at least once a week do you know what the so these back two shelves aren't built and i have a plan to fill them with my hero academia manga like even though i've seen the show like that's how much I love the show. I just want to support him directly. Have all the collectibles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I only actually have one, my hero academia thing. It's the only thing I have. Yeah. Um, before, before we get into movies and I want you to go first, can you, can you, it would, should people read the web comic before they watch or should they watch before they read the, the web comic? Definitely, I would say if you have Crunchyroll already, watch watch the watch the the one season of anime first, because I'm I think so that you'll. Glad you said that. Yeah, and, and the reason why is because you can read the webcomic forever, right? It's hours and hours and hours and hours of content, whereas the 
the anime is, you know, just 13 or 14 episodes long and really does a good job of getting you through what he calls season one in the webcomic as well, which is really only the first 50 chapters. And season two is currently like 400 chapters or something, 450 chapters. Who knows how long it is? Um, But the reason why is because you'll, I think you'll be pleased to go back and read the source material and read so much farther and you'll be hooked in a different way reading the webcomic if you just get the the first glimmer of this world yeah in the anime i love it i love that that was the order you told them i think that's actually just the better way to do things in in media to enjoy the most enjoy things the most uh yeah you can always read things for like greater detail and yeah like farther scope and it's out ahead and like but like the television shows tend to grab your attention in a much better way. So uh, before we get into movies, then our favorite movies of 2020, that's, I don't know that that is what you did West. And I definitely chose a different sort of thing here. And not only that, but like, you know, we changed the way we do show notes the last, uh, I don't know. I think it's been three episodes. And uh, this was the first time that we were in the show notes at the same time working on them. And I just got to watch you type this. I definitely caused you to do like a spit take. And like, I legitimately laughed out loud watching you, you know, remind yourself what you were going to say and stuff. And I, I just want you to know that I love it and I appreciate it. (laughs) And you judge me for it and that's okay. (laughs) I didn't judge. I haven't seen it. Okay. Then yeah, you would be able to judge me for it. Everyone else will. (laughs) See that? Yeah. So what movie are we talking about? We're talking about Cats, Spencer. <laughs> We're talking about the 2020 uh, animated live action, who really knows, remake of the beloved musical for the big screen, Cats, so- featuring Idris, El- Idris Elba, Taylor Swift, just so many huge names. Huge uh, names. So Ian we McClellan, the- we have the all of whom... We have to pause. So... I have never seen Cats. Okay. In any any form. Do you like musical theater in general? Just love it. I love it. I just adore it. Um, There are certain, like, there are certain things that I love about it. So, like, certain musicals don't hit home for me. But, like, my wife, uh, for a present once, like, got me tickets to Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Like, it is just, like, I love it. Newsies, for a present once, my wife got me... Yeah, uh, they did. They did new, like you know when they do those events in the theater to watch musicals. Yeah, the original Broadway cast did Newsies, and I gotta watch it. Newsies is like my top three favorite musicals. Uh, West Side Story, like stuff like that. So there is. I don't even remember what VHS this is, but it was like one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, and one of the commercials was for was the okay. first Cats movie. <laughs> and every I just remember thinking this seems so stupid it is and then this happened and I was like well I'm not seeing that all of my memories of this are for for those who are younger on VHS's which is the way that we watched movies before West you know was an adult I'm just before I was an adult you're right yes yeah I was looking for the before West existed or whatever. Yeah, because I definitely you, watched VHSs growing you, up. There, it took there so was, long to get a DVD player. Yeah, you so long. You put in a cassette, which was I'm not going to explain what a cassette is, but basically there you were had commercials. To watch the commercials. You, there were commercials before your movie, yeah. 
Yes. And one of the movies that I watched had a Cats commercial on and it. And you watched your movies over and over again because you only owned a to, dozen or so. To be fair, some of those commercials were lit. Oh, like, yeah. I still remember the Tarzan commercial on one oh, of my yeah, favorite. Oh, yeah, that's a good Disney. one. Like, with, like, the Disney uh, Channel, like, commentary and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, you know, some of them were, you know, things like uh angela anaconda before the digimon movie like some of it's not great <laughs> i mean that's classic <laughs> in its own right but yes i agree and this cats thing like was that was that that was not great so did what okay why in the world did you pick cats so first off i love musical theater right i and like whenever i'm exposed to a new show i'm just entranced for a while right because there's so many choices there's so like the music it, like any successful musical the music is just so good, right? And so, like, I went in totally ignorant of the soundtrack of Cats. I I did not know any of the music. I went with a with a group of my D and D friends, all very like, we're gonna go, we're gonna just like think this is a silly time, and like, they all went to be like freaked out by how bad Taylor Swift's animation and it was, and I just like from the moment the music began, I was just just shocked by how good the music of cats is um is that why they did it like the story sounds stupid the story is non-existent the story is among the worst musical stories i've ever witnessed okay i do not care about any of the characters but one and it's because his song is lit okay and that's the magical mr mistopheles which is the one that everybody popped off about on twitter so yeah you have to tell me why why this though is it because it was like pre-covid like so yeah also, it's six congratulations we can no longer advertise this episode uh because oh said, be- yeah it's fine because oh, we said covid in it yeah exactly love it yeah. all right well either way um yeah part of it is that this was the last time i went to see anything in the theaters with my friends before that became sort of a non-thing so that sticks out in my mind Another reason is that I still think about it. You know what? It's so funny. I went on a date in in January or February at, at a movie theater. And we couldn't find a single movie we wanted to see. Like, the closest thing was Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I mean, it was bad, bad movies in general. Yeah, like... And Cats is arguably the worst of them. Yeah, I was going to say, and then you picked the one that probably has the worst reputation of every movie to be witnessed in theaters this year. (laughs) Yeah. Well, sure. But, like, here's the thing, is that, like, I could have closed my eyes... And enjoyed it. And enjoyed it. And instead, I got to listen to everything I loved, and I got to be viscerally horrified by what I saw on screen the whole time. And that combination means that my brain has just been ruminating on it for 12 months now. Yeah. Uh, So I I can't... And I can't think of another movie I watched in this year, from this year, other than maybe Onward, which I liked, but I don't know if I thought of it when I was writing Onward was interesting. That That was an interesting one. So I, I just want to pull pull the curtain back a little. So uh, Wes was typing. This is what Wes show notes say. <laughs> I want to read this. It says, to be honest, I, I, still, I still think about the time when I watched Cats 
in the before times back in January with a big group of friends. Interesting foreshadowing on how weird this year was going to be. Yes. <laughs> I literally cracked up. So thank you for that laugh, West. Uh, th this one is a little bit cheating uh, because I think that 2020 sucked for movies. And I think for obvious reasons, I think like, for example, Wonder Woman is coming out right now. Like, I think, is it coming out in two days or does it come out today? I, I don't know. Anyway. I have no idea. I don't know like, anything about movies right now. Yeah, I know like, everything about like TV. We, I know nothing about movies. We got robbed of film this year. And so movies is really hard. And if I was going to say a movie that came out in 2020, it would be Sonic. Like, that movie was, one, really great. Like, legitimately just... Maybe the best video game movie ever, including Detective Pikachu. Like, I think it might be better than Detective Pikachu, and I think those two movies are fantastic. Um, and also, it's just one of my son's favorite movies. Like, it is, like, maybe the most grown-up movie my son will watch with me. Hmm. Uh, and I love it, and he loves it, and we'll just watch it again and again. But actually, um, 2020 had an important... Uh, I'm gonna cry, and I knew I was gonna cry. Uh... Shows since Spencer has cried goes it's, from one. It's actually kind of crazy that I'm crying like every week on the show. I don't know how this is going to sound to the podcast listeners or even look to the um the video YouTube viewers. watchers. Yeah, but uh, I got to watch the movie Loving for the first time this year. Um, and I, I've known about Loving Day, but I've never really um done too much research because I, I i if i'm being honest like the racism that my wife has experienced has always made me mad um but i've never really thought about why why it makes me mad i mean i i know why it makes me mad um but i've, I've i'm lucky to live in a time where even though like interactions with police officers are a little bit different for me than they were before I, my wife was in my car or even though going like I'd never been followed in a grocery store before I did my wife or a Walmart or whatever. Um, By the way, phrasing Spencer. What? It's phrasing. What do you, what do you mean? Before I did my wife. I said dated. Oh, okay. I, that's not what me and the listeners heard. Yeah, well, I've done my wife. We have a kid, so uh, I honestly, um, man, this is really hard to talk about. I didn't realize this was going to be so hard to talk about. the The movie Loving is about Loving versus Virginia. It is about the um, the couple, the interracial couple of a white man and a black woman, who took their marriage all the way to the Supreme Court. Um to be able to live in the state that they wanted to live in as a married couple. Um, and it is the reason that I can be married to my wife today. And I am going to cry. And Appropriately. Um, in a year filled with anxiety and a year filled with racial tension, uh, I, I felt guilty uh, not knowing this story for the first whatever. I mean, I, I knew the story, but like, um, not having Taking read, 
Yeah, exactly. Like not having read the Supreme Court ruling in my life. 2020 gave me an opportunity to be really grateful for uh, this couple. And uh, my wife and I watched um, quite a few of the um, the bigger uh, movies about different civil rights movements and, and things like that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie actually uh, was the first time I watched it. It came out in 2016. And it actually uh, instantly became my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> uh, I'm a crier for those who don't it's know. Beautiful. <laughs> but but it it was um it was really special to you know watch that with with my wife and you know to see those those kids and you know one of the things about this movie and I was I was like in bed crying talking to my wife and I was like. I was telling her, you know, we, you know, we're watching this as it might've been the week, um, that, that, that first week right after my birthday for this, you know, the day of my birthday. Oh my gosh. Manny's quote. <laughs> I probably can't oh say that on the podcast, but I, know I won't, but I'm just looking back. Uh, you know, the day of my birthday was the protest, the first like BLM protest in Utah. And a lot of us wanted to be there. Like, like it was almost like, like straight up. I almost canceled my birthday. We were at your party all being like, is there somewhere else we ought to be? Yeah, it was, it was really hard. Cause like, and it was funny. Cause like the next day I wanted to go too. And, and, you know, I watched this movie this, that week and I, I really felt for John. Um, he's so frustrated because he I don't know how to say this. He wants his wife to stop because he doesn't want her to get hurt. He doesn't want her to, he wants to just be a family and not be the center of attention. He wants, he wants his kids to be safe. He wants his wife to be safe. And he doesn't know if that's possible. If this keeps going and, um, he feels scared and he doesn't know what to do. And I don't know. I just, it, it, it is, it feels like an impossible situation because it feels so unfair. Like, like the moment where he gets out of jail and she's stuck in there, the moment, like there's so many moments where he's just like, this is so stupid. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was, uh, I need to stop talking or I'm going to cry again, Wes. So, no, okay. no matter what, this this movie, my first time experiencing it in 2020, really changed who I was as a person, who I was as a husband. Um, and I'm sad that I'm four years late to the party on this one. But love, Loving Day will forever now be like a huge part of my life. So, yeah. What about you? Oh, you already did your movie. It's books, yeah, and I'm supposed to. Spencer. I'm supposed to do books uh, I now. I get to be the most vapid, looking <laughs> at animated Taylor Swift's cat behind, and you're over here losing your crap over I, I, what I could knew not I was going to cry, but I a didn't. more valid reason. I knew I was going to cry, but I didn't know it was going to be like. 
I can't he's see. Not a, he's just like you were going to weep, not like full on. Yeah, I, I did not realize that was going to happen. I don't know how that editing is. You need like a censors crying rating system, and if any listener can develop it or like put together a cut of it, we'll, That'll be we're open one. to ideas. That'll be number one. Uh, let's talk about books. I like um, books. Dude, I'm so behind on books. I still it, – it's so funny because like as I was doing this, I was like – well, this is stupid because I'm always behind on books, like all the time. Right, life is being behind on books. Like I, I don't know anyone who reads at a rate where like they actually beat out like it's, what they want to read. It's so Except, hard. Like, teenagers. Like, I, I know miss kids it. Who have, like, I miss just being able to sit down, dedicate an entire day to reading a book with no distractions. I did that yesterday, and uh, it does not feel as good as it used to. I don't believe you. I did. No, I, do, I don't did? believe that it didn't feel great. Oh, Did you finish I, the book? Yes. You're just a liar. Anyway. Uh... Um, you're forgetting the part where, as an adult, there's all these complexities of feeling like, okay, do I need to be doing this? Do Did I need you to turn be doing off your that? phone? No, because I needed to wait to hear whether or not you were alive. Now you're blaming me. I see how this yeah. is. Anyway, yep. uh, I'm really far behind on books. And honestly... I did not read a single book that came out this year. I started one in audio form, um, but I, I want to talk about. Oh my gosh, it's upstairs. I was going to bring it down for the podcast. I think anyway. I've read a single book in that came out this year. So I read more book read more books than you this year. That's no, no. Like I've read a single book that came out in twenty twenty. I see. I see. Yeah, it's just it's too hard. There's too many great books that come out every year. Um, so, so for me, my favorite book that I read this year was Thrawn Treason. Um, it was so good. <laughs> I, I was pretty disappointed by the second Thrawn book. But the third Thrawn book was out of this world, world good. The fourth Thrawn book actually did come out this year, and I haven't started it yet, for what it's worth. Um, there are too many books in front of it, but I did finish the third one, which is Thon Thrawn Treason, and honestly, it was just a complete masterpiece. I mean, clearly they do something there because you think Thrawn is you think Thrawn is rehabilitated, and that's uh, it, like in your mind, like it's he's so a crazy to me that he's going to be a villain in Mandalorian. Like I I don't see him as a bad guy, like. I am so interested to see what happens in Mando. Also, if this is a Mando spoiler for you, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, but I actually, I'm almost done. I thought that I would be done before this podcast, but I'm actually not with Star Wars Master and Apprentice. Um, and I actually bought this book on paperback. So I have a rule that like a new, a new rule that my wife and agreed to my wife and I agreed to that if I listen to an audiobook uh that I love like that is like top top echelon audiobook I can buy it in hardback and master and apprentice uh definitely hit the, hit this so this is a story about Qui-Gon Jinn as a Jedi master to Obi-Wan Kenobi uh before the events of uh of Phantom Menace and it is, it says, it tells you so much about where Qui-Gon is at and his relationship with Obi-Wan that, I mean, everybody already loves Qui-Gon, 
But this was perfect. Like this was, this was the perfect extension to who you think Qui-Gon Jinn is. Uh, mm -hmm. It was an absolute masterpiece. And if you love Star Wars and are looking for a single, like, like not like this huge overarching, like all of the lore that I need to know. And you just love Qui-Gon yes. Jinn. You yes. should read this book. I'll take it all. <laughs> it It is, it, it says a lot about like why the tension was there with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan that you felt in that first movie. It talks about, you know, how, why Qui-Gon's relationship with the Jedi council is so weird. Uh, considering like one, how powerful a Jedi is, how, with his force knowledge, like, you know, Obi-Wan's comments about, you know, the, the council and things like that. So much of it is covered in this book. It is, absolutely amazing uh and then that you know i i also have 2020 books that i started uh christopher paulini who everyone knows that i love uh came out with a huge novel um this year in a sea of stars i've read i've i've listened to the first three chapters loved every minute of it but needed to dedicate like sit down and dedicate time to that without distractions and then I also started Ready Player Two, uh, and I don't know how I feel about that yet. <laughs> but no, those like those two books though, Thrawn Treason and um, Master and Apprentice were just Star Wars books can be really hit or miss. Um, but I think Disney has done a really good job of only letting hits through for the most part. Like I have not consumed a Star Wars book yet other than the second Thrawn book that was disappointing. But the second Thrawn book isn't a bad book. It's just disappointing because of how good the first one was, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And these two were just astounding. So what about you? I, I, I mean, you were all I've about our books about, podcast, so. I've already talked a bit, a bit about this book on the podcast before, but for me, uh, the fourth book in the Stormlight Archive, Rhythm of War, was just, by Brandon Sanderson, was just a fantastic way to finish off the year in terms of, uh, like, consumption of media. Like, <sighs> so for those of you who are not familiar with Brandon Sanderson, he... Um, finished Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series. That was probably where he really showed up on a lot of fantasy readers' radar, just because anyone who can walk in at the end of a really long, famous fantasy series and land the ship in a, in a good way clearly deserves some attention because it means that they can do more than just barrel on ahead with their own ideas. They can really craft a story and learn a world. Well, Brandon Sanderson has made his own worlds, and he's really freaking good at it and he does it a lot the guy puts out four books a year i would say between a like a major piece of work uh children's like young adult fiction work and then like two more regular novel style types of work so he's extremely prolific just puts out books like it's nothing and for the most part they're all tied under the same sort of universe he calls a cosmere where like the source of magic has these like same origins, but like the way that it's manifested over time has really um, like changed for each of those worlds and is really like, you know, at home in that world. And it's based the way it is because of it. But the Stormlight Archive is his, his magnum opus. It's the, it's the one that's going to bring it all together. 
Um, and this book really took like in the first three books of the series, he, you know, book one, he's just spending the whole book on world building, right? He's developing cool characters. He's starting to show us just the tiniest bit of the magic system, but he's really spending most of his time just showing us the world. And in book two, which I actually finished last night, I was rereading it, um, you know, another 1100 page book. Um, he, you know, starts to really develop out this magic system a little bit, shows a lot more of the world, really develop all the characters in a big way. Book three, he's like, okay, I've set the scene, let's put it into motion, and he just he just rolls, right? He's just got all of the lore of the world that he's starting to roll out, all of the powers, all of the, you know, even more unique characters, uh, character arcs that he's been developing for a while really start to take their odd twist and develop in an interesting way. And then in this one, oh God, Rhythm of War just takes everything in the box of Roshar that he, which is the name of the world here for the Stormlight Archive. And he just says, okay, I'm going to open it up and let its light cause, you know, it's like uh, we finally get to see the reflection of the rest of the universe into this world. And it's just, it's incredible. And like, one thing I noticed that's really powerful about what he's doing in the Stormlight Archive is he's taking real world mental health issues and he is really developing characters in meaningful ways with them and showing how they work through those struggles. Like he's got a character with multiple personality disorder that he really lands the ship on. He's got a character, um, with just severe depression and PTSD that like he really navigates in a big way. It just has these like incredible moments and like a character with like that take he takes until this book to really show it, but like just has severe imposter syndrome and despite being incredible and just like really shows all of these really human ways of being in a totally fantasy landscape. And it's it's just awe-inspiring because it all weaves together so well and the story is such a grand scale that you never really feel lost in it. You only ever feel enveloped in it. I was this close to picking a Brandon Sanderson book instead of a Star Wars book for what it's worth. Which book? Uh, it's a it's, it's young adult. It's called Skyward. I read it for the yeah. first time this year. And then uh, Starlight came out like November of last year. Did you mm -hmm. read them? I've not read them yet, but I've heard good things, of course. Oh, they're fantastic. I, I'm I'm halfway through. It's it's hard for me to do audiobooks sometimes because like mm -hmm. I'll listen to them before bed because like I, it takes me like an hour to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. But then my wife will get super lost, so I'll let be like, okay, well, if I like it, I'll finish it later. But that that's one that like I I could not stop. Like I had to listen to skyward yeah. it was that good uh but you you just said something that was really interesting about getting lost and you our next category is video games and you got so lost that you didn't even pick a video game because you were so lost in what you were doing a little bit talk about it oh yeah so um i when i was thinking about like what video game really defined my like 2020 i was like okay well what about all the rpgs i like kind of went back like i've been a breath of the wild this year i cannot I... believe you did not pick breath of the wild or fire emblem three heroes or whatever well i haven't finished fire emblem three heroes yet so i feel bad about picking that one ah uh three houses three um, houses sorry 
Breath of the Wild, I could have picked, but like that's a, like a 2018 game, 2017 game, and like is old news. And like if you haven't if you haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, go play it. But like I'm not fool I'm not like getting anyone to go consume it right now that hasn't. Um and like it's great, but like what I wanted to say is how and like it doesn't really have it didn't fit into our four categories otherwise, but like I could not have lived through this year without DMD. And I could not have played D&D to the level I did this year without a way to play it as a virtual tabletop. And for me, that was Roll20, but for some other people, it was Tabletop Simulator or any of the other ones that people play. There's a few out there. But, like, Roll20 was just, like, you know, probably my fourth or fifth most open website this year, period. Because I... No, play uh, four times a week every game uses it and like it's the medium by which i get to like interact and have fun with my friends in a way that i couldn't otherwise i love it man like you know i i think that putting putting boxes around things is something that we do for you know the categorical reasons but mm-hmm. you know you got to consume a medium virtually through a, through a video game, like it is a video game, right? Like it, if if somebody from 1980 saw the way you play D and D this year, they would have called it a video game. Quite possibly, yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I remember the first time that uh, I walked into Oasis Games, and was, and nobody had dice in the in their in the D and D room, and they were all on laptops, and I was like, what is happening? Um, and and I yeah. I am proud of the tabletop community for just being able to adapt adapt like this like and we've seen it through I mean I've seen it through Magic the Gathering I've seen it through all kinds of things where it's like no I love this thing and I need it to get through 2020 and I think yeah. that defines 2020 in a lot of ways you know I, I think that we'll get into this later but like this podcast did that for me so. Mm-hmm. But, like, even more than that, like, something that's, that's incredible is, like, seeing, you know, I get to, I play in four games, one of which I run, but the other three are, are all ran by different people. I got to see, like, numerous different takes as to, like, how are we going to, like, take this medium when it's really just a set of tools, right? Like, it's not, it doesn't have its own, like, flow to it. You really have to say, okay there's this tool and that tool. And if I incorporate them in this way and, Oh, I can add a soundtrack in here. Let me go and do that. And I can, you know, upload images to really set the setting in a way more than just maps could do. Like I, I have a DM who um, is running this world. that's like really like art deco, like, um, like Victorian war style game. And she's just always bringing in all of these incredible, visual pieces of imagery to really help us learn the setting um in these really cool ways and like music's really great there and just like getting to right i I know people who like probably never knew their character mechanics very well but have just had to learn them this year because they get to have them like instead of just writing because they're too lazy to write out a whole paragraph of text on their character sheet they just get to copy and paste the text of their abilities into the Roll20 character sheet, and so they know what their characters do for the first time I've ever played with them. And, like, that's pretty incredible. And, like, 
there's just so much you can do in this virtual format to like help bring it, like help make things a little bit easier and a little bit funner to present. Like, I almost don't know how I'm going to DM in the future without like a projector and a screen to show everyone or like a monitor because like I've almost become so reliant on this ability to show visual images to my players. I cannot believe you just used the word projector, but uh, it's fine. I plug into a projector 10 times. I'm sure you do, buddy. My life. <laughs> sure you do. <laughs> Buy yourself a nice Apple TV and a MacBook and just call it good. Yeah, well. I I love it, dude. And I, I'm super excited. So for what it's worth, I, I've not told you this. I have not played a tabletop RPG since I was 14. And the fact that, you know, uh, behind the curtain a little bit, Wes is going to join a tabletop Star Wars RPG with uh we just did an episode with mikey former co-host uh his little sister and her husband um and and mikey's gonna be dimming i'm super excited for it and hopefully um you know depending on when we start this you can show us the ropes on on how we can do this virtually west oh totally it, it won't be that hard so i say for, that but for me video games is is interesting um this was this was a really hard category for me. I tried really hard to get through a lot of my video game catalog this year, and I, I did a pretty good job. Like I played through all of DBZ Legacy of Goku again. I played through um, Pokemon Emerald again. I played through. I tried uh, Mega Man Battle Network. My laptop got erased, so I have to restart that game. But you know, I hope to do a series on that. I played through Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2. I'm currently playing through Mass Effect 3. Like, my video game catalog got, like, beaten down this year. And, you know, despite all of that, I have a video on the YouTube channel, if you're watching there, on Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. And it's just my initial reactions because the video game is so long. Uh, and the reason it's so long is because it is all of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and... Honestly, what I said in that YouTube video still stands, which is that if you have not watched Dragon Ball Z and you have a system that can play Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, you should play Dragon Ball Z Kakarot instead. It is a better way to consume that content. Uh, it is the best Dragon Ball Z video game ever. Uh, it, like, combines... I don't even know how to explain it. It like, it is like Breath of the Wild meets Dragon Ball Z meets a very hard initially like Dark Souls combat, but like way different. I don't know. I don't know how to explain this, uh, but it is, it is insane. So I, I, I was a little late to the game. I think this game came out in like January 20th or something. And mm -hmm. I got it for my birthday. Five months later, which is yeah. May 30th. And uh, if if I don't know what video game I want to play, I just put in this video game. And uh, it, it's funny because I got to the point where I'm at the point in the game where my wife is in the anime. And I don't want to play it because I don't want her to, like... You don't want to spoil stuff for her. Yeah, so, like, I need her to watch the next, like, 15... It's the Cell Saga. So I'm at the Cell Saga in the video game. And the Cell Saga is, like, kind of long. It's not, like, as long as other things. But she's seen the Boo Saga, so I just need her to catch up so that I can, like, kind of rush through the game. 
I mean, the Cell Saga is basically the end of the enemy. That's not true. I love the Boo Saga, man. I, I'll, I'll, I'll love it forever. Oh, oh she's, wait, is the Boo after Cell? Yeah, Boo's after Cell. But she's seen it. She's seen Boo because it was on Toonami. The Cell Saga, when we, when my wife and I watched Toonami, oh, the okay. Cell Saga was never on Toonami. They mm. did, in fact, the Android Saga wasn't. So what happened is they did the Boo Saga. Isn't the Android Saga just the lead into the Boo, into the Cell Saga? Yes, it is. Anyway, they did the, the Boo Saga. They ended with Vegeta killing Boo. Then they did the Saiyan Saga. Then they did the second part of the 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 Boo Saga. Then they did the Saiyan Saga, the rest of the Saiyan Saga. Then they did the Frieza Saga. Then they redid the Boo Saga. They literally never did Android Cell on Toonami. Wow, that's really out of order. It was so crazy. Um, but they did do all of Dragon Ball in in that time. Mm-hmm. But but honestly, like as somebody who's watched Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, uh, Dragon Ball Super. Like, this this video game, uh, it's not even just, like, the best. Like, I have a copy of... Oh, my gosh. It's going to take me just, like, one second to find. Am I insane? Is it just... Oh, here it is. So, like, I, I have anime video games. Like, here... Like, uh, My Hero 1 Justice. This is a great game. Like... This game for Switch, like, if you love My Hero Academia, one one's Justice and one Justice 2, they're great. I love Dragon Ball Z Budokai. Like, I love anime video games. Nothing, nothing comes close if you love RPGs to this game. Just, it, it just blows everything else out of the water. Um, my son will come downstairs and be like, Dad, can we play Dragon Ball Fishing? And we'll just go fishing. It is, um... I mean, fishing is always the best part of any video game, so that's just undeniable. That's not true in uh, Three Houses, for what it's worth. I actually... No, Three Houses does have among the worst fishing... Yeah, I think the the, the Three Houses fishing is, like, kind of whatever. Uh, But, you know, you got cooking, you got fishing, you got all kinds of things in this game. And the mechanics are... One thing that I will say is if you're going... If you're, like... And Spencer's raving about this game. Go watch a mechanics video. Like, try and get a mechanics video. Maybe I'll try and find one and put it in the show notes. But, like, the the learning curve for combat is really hard. It, like, I died to Nappa. And, I like, I died to Raditz probably, like, 50 times. And I told Devin, I was like, this game's too hard for me. Until I finally figured out combat. Not only win combat all the time, but, like... The, it it was weird to figure out how to do this. Um, very uh, like I said, Dark Souls ish, but it it was pretty mm-hmm. great. Like you have to be parrying that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. There's so there's uh, yes, kind of similar to that. Yeah, man. I won't get too far like, into it, but yeah, yeah. You, you'll just die if you're not doing mechanics. Yeah, I've played games like those, and I'm pretty bad at them usually. Yeah, it it is worth learning because the game is like. I assume, by the way, Wes, that you have not watched all of Dragon Ball Z. I've watched all of Dragon Ball Z. Exactly all of Dragon Ball and all of Dragon Ball Z. I've not seen all of GT, not seen all of Super or Kai. You should... Well, first of all, I'm sorry that you you grew up at a time where you could watch Dragon Ball Z instead of Kai. Because my understanding is that Kai is just better in every single way. Uh, You... uh, 
maybe I'll just lend you this game in my system. <laughs> it's so worth it. It's so good. You would love it. One, because it's an RPG that you'll get into right away because you already know the story and like you'll love the progression. It, it's really good. Um, but yeah, that that's my video game. It is the best Dragon Ball Z game ever. And I and you know, Budokai Two is really good. So the fact that I'm saying this is I, I heard good cool. things about Budokai Two. I um my some of my best friends from high school spent like every day after school playing Budokai while I went to like swim team or whatever. My dude, Budokai Budokai Two is my like, senior year. Budokai Two is actually insanely good as a video. Like it was on the I think it was the PS2 and the Xbox 360. I played it on the 360 and it was. It was really good. I, I think that it's not as good as Legacy of Goku 2 or Boo's Fury, but it's like, it, I mean, for, for console Dragon Ball Z games, before this, it was the best one. I, I want to talk about our favorite things in nerd culture overall, and I'm going to go first, West, because... I haven't filled mine in yet. You yeah, haven't that's filled a good yours point. In, and I don't know why you haven't filled yours in, but... Because I, I, I was like, I'll come back to it, and then I just forgot. Uh... This was really hard for me. Um, so, obviously, last week, The Mandalorian finished, and I'm sure everyone is expecting me to say that. But that is that is not my favorite drink culture item this year. Uh, oh, I'm not going to cry again. The, this podcast was my favorite part of North culture in 2020. Uh, consuming Korra, consuming The Good Place again, consume like... The things we've done on this podcast, the the <coughs> the things we've done on this podcast, and so much more is I don't know it 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 gave me something to look forward to every week, yeah. and I'm really grateful for you West for I, it was so funny you didn't even blink like I was like hey do you want to do this show again and you were like yeah I'm like cool. Well, I think it, well, if I recall, it was there was a conditionality basically. What was that? It was that if I, if I went to camp, we weren't going to do it, right? If camp was actually happening. Oh, no, that's not true. We were going to do it after camp if camp happened. Sure, but like we because of COVID, we actually started doing this earlier than we thought we would. Because... That's true. But no, I, I it, it's honestly, um, I'd be lying if I didn't say it was my favorite. Like I loved the last, you know, four or five episodes of Mando. I loved, I loved so much nerd stuff that happened in 2020, but honestly, like. It's given us focus it, in, it, in our consumption of nerd stuff, which is fun. Not just that, but like, you know, I look forward to just talking to, it's so funny. Like, I'm going to be honest. And I think you probably feel the same way. Like, of of the the three or four of you, I did not know that West was going to end up being my best friend of your friend group. Mm. My my <laughs> group is a weird crew. Like like you were you were not the one that I was like you know who I'm going to be like really really good friends with West Singleton. I was the one you met first. That that's probably true. I it I is. I certainly always have liked you, but like you know you have become one of my best friends and. You know, I hope you feel the same way. I hope that, you know, absolutely. You, I hope that I honestly like I could do this podcast forever. You know, I, it's 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 so funny to me that. Well, that's what it's about, right? Is that like this yeah, is just a forever thing for us, right? Yeah, like, it's just nerd, like the thing right, that I get to doing. do. Like 
I get to. I will never to, run out of things to talk about. Yeah, and I don't know, like, you know, to the hundred or so people listening this year. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful for you. I and it's more than that, right? Like, you know, there's we have, you know, seventy four whatever subscribers on on YouTube, and that number was. I mean, before we started doing this podcast weekly, it was much smaller than that. We've got the, you know, whatever we have on the podcast across all the feeds. And I'm I'm grateful for all of you. And this show uh, was the most fun thing I did in 2020. And was the... We, we did the Digimon movie review, right? Mm-hmm. And, and instantly I watched Try. Like, I finished Try this year. I finished, like... It it was the it was the best part of my year for nerd culture. So, what about you? Yeah, what was your best part of nerd culture? I mean, I've consumed so many cool things because of Need to Nerd. Um, and for me, I'm gonna pick something that's different than Need to Nerd, if only just to be different and to have more to say. Because I totally agree with you on all those fronts. Need to Nerd has been an awesome part of my year. But I have loved. I've depended on D and D live play podcasts this year. Sure. Um, I have a few that I really like in terms of like, I'm just going to listen to them every week forever. And like, that's like critical role venture maidens. Those have been really good for me. Like I just love what's going on in them. Um, but I've also like binged several and like the Avengers on, but I've also binged several just like on my own, just like not necessarily listening to it weekly, just like, because like, it's a great thing whenever I'm going to go on a road trip on my own or just like when the hours stretch on and I don't know what to do with myself, like listening to other people have a really good time play D and D makes me feel like in the moments where like I do sort of have to be on my own, not really doing much like makes those moments feel a lot more full and joyful. I love it. I I think that, um, I hope that need to nerd was as good of an outlet for others as it was for me. And if it's not, that's okay. Uh, I honestly like, you know, I said when I started Constructor Criticism years ago that if I helped one person get better at magic, it was worth it. And I friggin' overshot that goal. Uh, and, and for this one... One person is on the screen. Two people are on the screen who got better at magic because of Constructor yeah, Criticism. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I am constantly amazed at how far we got. Maybe even that. Kylo Ren. They can't see Kylo Ren. I've told you that. I, I forget this every time. Yeah, like, they, they, they see to, like, hear. <laughs> they can't see it. And if they're listening, they really can't see it. Uh, but but honestly, so like... There's a poster of Kylo Ren for yeah, there's, that's, that's what you need to know. That's my present from Quentin. That's my birthday Aww. present this year. I was really sweet. I, I, my The fact that my friends know that I love Star Wars so much makes my day. Yeah. Uh, also... Um, Speaking of Quentin, just making me think of things. Another thing that I think we ought to shout out is people playing games online with their friends. Oh, dude, absolutely. Like, Among Us being chief among them for everybody. Among Us, uh, Fall Guys, like... In general, play games online with your friends. It's so important. Don't play games where you care about how well any of you do. Yeah, I... I was tell I was actually talking to Matt about this the other day. Like, I was like, you know, I love that West will just like play with us. Like, so many people like 
or like won't play Smash with me and Matt because we're such tryhards. But we're not like that great. But it, I I really commend you for that, West. Like you'll you'll just take your lumps. And uh, I take my lumps whoever I play Smash with. So that's uh, part no, of it. But it is it's such a good time to just like even if it's us giving you tips on how to play Roy or whatever. Like it yeah. is. It is hours of fun for me. Um, and the same thing is true for, you know, the other games. I, I think that gaming this year online was a huge thing. Like, that AOC stream, where she streamed Among Us, is, like, just... I still talk about it and think about it all the time. Dude, you should... I'll send you a TikTok that I did of one of those bits. But it, it was really amazing. To wrap up, though, um, I just want to thank everybody who listened this year. Uh, th- this podcast at the beginning of the year was really inconsistent because 2020 was really hard. Uh, you know, we missed probably more weeks than we should have. And we've been on a really good cadence lately. But I promise that this show this year saved, you know, my soul in a lot of ways and uh, has captured me. And, you know, we will be far more consistent in 2021. Uh, and... You yeah, know. I'm going to finish RPGs in 2021. That's my promise. <laughs> that would be dope. I would promise. I would love to do a Three Heroes review or Three Three Houses review with you. <laughs> it, dude, it's tough. Uh, dude, I, I'm supposed to review Mass Effect 2, and I'm really afraid to do it. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much, everybody who's been with us this year. Um, it, it's been great. You can find me at Spencer 3 each. You can find... Uh, West at East underscore Singletone. Nope, Monotone. Monotone. Gosh, I'm gonna get that wrong every week. What? Uh, you, you it, gotta... It's single mono. Sure. Yeah, ton. T O N N E, as in the metric ton. <laughs> but you know, find us there. You can find the podcast uh, at Need to Nerd Pod, I believe it is, and then you can find at He's Game Media on Twitter. Uh, like subscribe on youtube and if you're listening uh on a podcast please review us it actually is super helpful um i haven't had the chance to look at the reviews recently but uh i i hope to start reading the reviews uh during this segment so and then this is the moment where i get to say goodbye i really appreciate everybody i hope you all have a happy holiday hanukkah's over right west oh yeah uh well happy hanukkah to you west um as a atheist, I am celebrating Christmas this week for some reason. Uh, I mean, I am also celebrating Christmas this week for reasons beyond. Is this me, just but... an American thing? Like, are we just required to celebrate Christmas as Americans? I have an interfaith family, so that's part of it uh, as well. Ah, there you go. Oh, is your is your dad Christian? Mm-hmm. I knew that. I don't know why I forgot that, and I apologize. I, I don't uh, have I a faith it. at all, and I'm celebrating Christmas. So yeah, uh, I, I, that's a huge, my mom celebrated Christmas growing up. It's there's uh, there's just a, if you're an assimilated American, you're celebrating Christmas in one way or another. Well, I hope that everybody has a fantastic holiday season, no matter what you're celebrating, and we will definitely still see you all next week with another episode of the Need to Nerd podcast. And it'll be still this year, so we'll have to figure out some other way to uh, to wrap up this Is year. Is that true? Next week, yes. Oh, because next week's the when we record on the 29th. You don't yeah. know if it'll be next next this year when they listen to it. 
I also don't know if it'll be this year when we record because of how inconsistent we are about that sometimes. Hey, th- we were one day late this week and we've recorded on time for like two months straight. So thank you, everybody. See you guys I'm not going to go check the receipts on that one, but I guarantee it's not right. You just are trying to make this hard to edit at this you point. You know it. Yeah.